Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Wow, welcome to College Street. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome home. You might notice that we like to have fun. We believe church should be fun. We believe the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we also believe in being creative because we were made in the image of our creator. So uh, thanks for joining us. I want to give a shout out, if we haven't yet already, to everyone watching online. Let's start off with the men watching from the Joshua house. Come on. Let's give it up for our men living life in discovery and not just recovery. Mm, Just like us. Uh, Let's give it up for everyone watching at Ruth and Naomi's today. Westminster ladies. And everyone else that chose to watch online with us live. And of course, give yourself a big round of applause because you made it. You made it. And you're looking good doing it, by the way. Dave, good job, man. You just, can we give it up for Dave, Pastor Rudy, the production team? That's like, that video was made in-house, so that's really cool. All right. We are into a brand new series, as you can tell. Mo Money. Yes, it is a financial series. Um, I've entitled this message, if you're taking notes, start now. Uh, money on a mission. Come on, money on a, a, on a mission. When you hear more money, the first time I hear more money, I think more problems, right? Does somebody else think of that? More money, more problems? Yeah, okay, it's not just me. Uh, But what if God wants to flip the flow when it comes to the way that we're thinking about money? For Romans 12, 1 to 2 reminds us that we're not to conform to the patterns of this world. Come on. But be transformed by the renewing of our, help me out, mind. But then it says, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, what his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Something's missing up here. Uh, My Bible. I think it's right next to you, honey. I'll probably going to need that. (laughs) Thank you. So, what if it's not more money, more problems? What if it's more money, more opportunities? And what if, you know, what if, you know, God wants to do something with what's in our hand, but before it's, we gets it in our hand, he wants us to get it in our heart, right? I think that's what God's after today. Actually, I know that's what God's after today. He's not after your wallet. He's after your heart. How many times have I said that before? Uh, But don't just believe me because I said it. We're going to get into the word today and go through it ourselves. So if you ever struggle with finances or if you ever struggled with wondering, you know, what's worth your time, what's worth your energy, and yes, what's worth your your finances and your investment, I'm going to tell you. Because you might be trying to figure out what's going to give you the greatest return on your investment. You should be thinking that way, by the way. Um, But money is one of those things that it can either be a a blessing or it can be a burden. And again, it's all about um, how you handle it. You can either take control of it or if you're not careful, money can take control of you. You know, more relationships are fought over finances than anything else. And people don't realize how much the Bible talks about finances, how often Jesus talked about finance, because he knew it was a big deal. So big that he had to tell us and remind us that we can't serve two masters for we end up loving one and hating the other. And he was talking in the context of finances. 
right? He knew, he knew in Matthew 6, it says that where your treasure is, your heart will also be. And so it, it's, it's one of those indicators of where our heart is, and God is after our hearts. He wants us to come first. He wants to be, and he also wants to prove to us that he's our provider, that he's our source, and that he's our supply. This world isn't, and this government isn't either. Thank God, <laughs> right? So otherwise, if that's the way that you've been looking in the past, it's not through the, the word, but you've been looking through everywhere else, you're going to have a lid. And God wants to blow that lid right off. If you're okay with that, are you okay with that? Are you okay with having so much that you can't even contain it? You know, okay, well, that's where we're going. So um, today I believe that I am speaking to kings and queens that were meant to be kingdom builders. We were meant to be part of something much bigger than just ourselves, our family, or even this church. God wants to expand our horizon. He wants to expand our vision. And he wants to see obstacles as an opportunity to prove his promises are true. But it starts with you. It starts with me. Are you willing to open up your heart, your mind today to the word of God and be open and be, to be challenged when it comes to your ways? If so, say I. Oh, that's a pretty good response. Thank you. If you're willing to make an exchange for what, what you've got versus what God has to give, I guarantee you it's going to be worth your time. Yes, it'll be worth your energy. And yes, it'll be even worth your finances. It'll be worth giving your life to because the cause is greater than me and you. From the very beginning, God lays it out. God blessed Adam and Eve and says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and govern it. And I love how it is written in the message version. Oh, I got to go Genesis. Go way back there. Genesis in the beginning. It's at the beginning in case you didn't know. But it says this, God created human beings he created them God-like. He didn't make you to be gods, just to be clear, but he made you in his image to be God-like, okay? Reflecting God's nature, he created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, come on. Be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Ho! Yeah, we've got like three people clapping. Some of you don't like fish. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> How about the other fuzzy creatures? Another great example of, of how our riches come with great responsibility. Money's not just a, cur a currency. It's part of your call. It's just a tool that is supposed to be used for taking care of others and every little thing that moves on the earth. It's just a tool. Someone say it's a tool. All right, good. The world tries to convince us that, that money's main purpose is to create our self-security, our comforts, and our pleasures. <laughs> but the truth is, it has a greater purpose in investing in the kingdom of God. Above and beyond. All you can hope, imagine, or dream of, but according to his power within you. If we understand the purpose of something, then we can have the passion to pursue the right things. If we don't know the purpose of it, it can create pain. And when it comes to our possessions, 
It can even create tensions in our priorities. We may strive to save, and in the end, if we're not careful, sacrifice our family, our church, and the calling that God has placed on our lives. Some of us are losing rest right now, I get it, because we fail to invest in the right things. So we become a slave to stuff. Feeling like we're never gonna have enough. Am I speaking to anyone? Okay. We work harder, we work longer. Why? So we can have more debt? God wants us to take us out of debt. And he wants us to start looking into our investment with more depth. You with me? So Matthew 25, that's where we're going today. If you haven't pulled it up just yet, open up your Bibles. Now we're going to the right side of the Bible. We're all the way on the left side. We're going to the right side. Matthew. First book in the New Testament. Matthew 25. When you, when you got it, say, I got it. All right. Are you on your phone or did you bring your paper back Bible? I got convicted in the conference. I'm telling you, I need more marks in this Bible. I own a lot of Bibles, but I'd like to say I read all the versions all the time. I don't. Um, but yeah, if there's something about this, something tangible, and, and you know, not that I'm against AI or anything, but the truth of the matter is you might get a virus out there and it might affect your scripture, right? So this one... Ain't going to get a virus out of this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying that. No conspiracies here. Don't, we're not going there. So in, in Matthew 25 here, you're going to see uh, three different uh, parables where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. And I'm going to talk about the one when he addresses money and he ties it into the kingdom. And in verse 14, it says again, someone say again. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Verse 15 says, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another he gave two bags, and to another one bag, each according to their ability. Okay? Then he went on his journey. Uh, just so you know, a talent was worth 20 years of wages. So just to have some fun, don't tell your neighbor and don't brag, but take what you would make annually, times that by 20 years right now. Some of you are like, that's a lot. Some of you are like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> no, think about that. Think 20 years of wages and now entrusting that to somebody else as an investment. How about you times that by five? That's a lot of money. I know for a lot of people in the house, that's over a million dollars, leaving somebody with over a million dollars, right? Five million. 10 million. That's a lot of money. Just to put things into perspective. So the first point I want to talk about is a journey left with gold. Because I got gold for you today. It's going to be good. Okay? The truth is that we are all called on a journey. I get that. But in this case, in the scripture, it is God who has left and is asking us to stay back and look after what he has entrusted us with. Okay? He has entrusted us with talents. He's entrusted us with gifts. He's entrusted us with abilities and wealth. And he is, guess what? He's looking for a return on his investment. He has deposited skills, talents in all of us. We, I believe that each and every one of us was all created on purpose for a purpose. It's not just an idea. It's because it's written in the Bible. 
And for I know the plans and purposes I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and give you a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. But we were created on purpose for a purpose, but sometimes we're just slightly out of line with that purpose and that investment. And you might have some investments right now that are working for you and aren't so working for you, and they're earthly investments, but there's also a bigger picture. There's an eternal investment that we don't want to miss out that is in context to what we're reading in the scripture. And we're told to grow, we're told to multiply, we're told to be blessed, and we're told to be a blessing. And we do this by investing in his kingdom. I want to point out in the scripture that we just read, the context is servants. We are his servants. He's talking to us. We're here to serve him. Not serve ourselves. not my kingdom come, my will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But, but we get, you got to understand. I know some of us, well, that's giving up control. Yes, it is. It also requires trust. But it also promises that you get to share in your master's happiness. I don't know if you've ever been around a generous person before, but they're fun to be around. Because you get blessed too. And hopefully you catch that and then your life gets blessed and other people around you get blessed. Because are you with me today? All right, yeah, yeah. You get behind people that are really good with finances and have the right heart and the right purpose. Oh man, it's awesome. Sure changes the way you look at money. But what, what I want to point out is what was given to us was never for us to hold on to, for us, just for ourselves, right? The master being God has entrusted us with talents, right? Trusted us even with the finances and the jobs that we have. He's trusted us with that and he's trusting that we're going to do something with that, with that. For the context is his kingdom, okay? So we're meant to use what he's given us to serve him and to serve others. And he has an expectation when it comes to his investment in us. He's got an expectation. And we're going to find out what that is. The scripture says that each of us is given an amount according to our ability. Each to our own abilities. So don't get caught in that comparison trap and start looking at, well, she's not really using her money for any good. And, and why doesn't she get more out of her return right now? Then, or why doesn't he do it? Let's focus on us right now. Is that okay? Yeah, each to our own abilities. And if we are faithful in what God has given us, he's going to give us more, right? Faithful in little before being faithful in much. And we see that here in the scripture. So when someone invests in you, you should feel encouraged, wouldn't you? Right, because what is that saying if they invest in you? It means they see the potential in you. They trust in you. And that's, a, you know, over a million dollars, a lot of money to invest in somebody. And that's just the guy with one bag of gold. I'm using that as an example. Even if, here's the thing, even if all you see is problems, the master sees nothing but potential. Come on. Am I speaking to you today? Okay. Thanks, Stephen. That master would not have entrusted that much in his servants unless he would have believed in them. And he believes in you too. The same goes for us. God believes in us and his scripture tells us in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights 
who does not change, by the way, like the shifting shadows. There's a lot of shiftiness going on right now. Our God does not change. He remains the same. His word is his word. Okay, it's his promise and is true. It's a covenant that he's made with me and you. Oh, we're rapping now. It's good. Rhymes must be true. All right. So what is it that you've been blessed with lately? What is it that you have? I mean, so many of us are looking at what we don't have or what we'd like to have, but what do you got? What's he giving you? Some of us hold other things in more value, you know, but you put, if you were to put value on, how do you put value on friendship? I put value on, on relationship. It's priceless, is it not? Yeah, and really, if we're striving after the stuff and to get the stuff, are we, are we not really trying to, to do it not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of others? But somewhere along the way, we get distracted and we lose its meaning. We get so caught up in putting in all the hours and all the work time, and then we forget about what, why and who we're doing it for in the first place. Those of you that have children will know this. Your, your kids don't want all the stuff. They might seem like they want it because they can be selfish sometimes. But really, they want time with you. I don't know, growing up, that's all I want. I just want to have time with my father. And I, and I, and I learned from my dad to be a hardworking man. You know, he put in many hours, and that was his love language, acts of service. I didn't realize that until I got older. You know, I felt there was a season in my life where I thought, well, maybe my dad doesn't really, like, want to be around me and hang around me. And it's not that I doubted that my dad didn't love me. When I learned later that I was in a season of my life where quality time was valuable for me. What's that worth? What's quality time worth? It's hard to get any kind of quality time nowadays and get somebody's attention without them. So I don't even have my phone on me. Oh, sorry. You know, like how valued do you feel when you're trying to have a, a conversation or a meeting all the time? Uh, just a second. Okay, what was that you were saying? No, sorry, I just got a notification from Facebook. There's a deal on something in the marketplace. Right? Come on, I'm speaking to myself, right? Boundaries. Pastor Sherman did a great talk about there's no different in your finances and your relationship and your investment. Right? And you're trying to have that intimate moment with God and praying to God. Oh, just a second, God, I'm getting a call. King of kings, Lord of lords, and he's making time for you. And because Jesus went to the cross and because of the resurrection and that covenant, we can come before the King of kings and holy of holies. Lord, sorry, I got another call coming in. Where did that come from? Could it be, though, when it comes back to our investment, that God is actually expecting a return? Absolutely. Say absolutely. Absolutely he is. The whole chapter talks about how, one, we need to be ready. Okay. Two, we need to invest. And three, he's coming back. And he's looking for those that have been faithful with what he's given them. And that they're using it for the right reason. Hey, Pastor Don, there will come a time, and I have to keep reminding you guys because I feel like I'm sometimes I'm up against the world and up against culture and stuff, but GOAT does not stand for greatest of all time. So if you happen to be at that time and place where Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, don't go running over, yeah, Lord, that's me, greatest of all time. No, you don't want to be there. You want to be in the sheep section because the sheep will know his voice. Come on. They know what to give to. They know what to invest in. 
And he will say, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. Just as you did to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did to me. Yay, sheep. <laughs> the goats are going to be like, Lord, when did we do that? When were you hungry? When were you thirsty? When were you naked? And he says, just as you didn't do, you didn't do for me. Whoa. <laughs> Right? We're setting everybody up with scripture today. And at the end of the chapter, that's what Jesus is going to say. The king will reply, truly I, I tell you whatever. Someone say whatever. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And some of you are, are failing to move forward because you think that that little thing isn't going to have a big impact. But little is much when God is in it. And each according to their ability. Everybody's got something to give. Oh. And here's the thing. One day he's going to trade that investment of gold that he gave you to work with. For an eternity of streets of gold to walk on. Right? And that change the perspective of the value of things sometimes and how we see it. Let's go back to scripture in verse 16 of Matthew 25. It says, the man who had received five bags of gold, he goes at once. Someone say it once. Yeah, let's just stop there for a bit. Logan went out of the room so we could talk about it, right? He's really good about this. But in our family, delayed obedience is disobedience. Mm -hmm. And then, oh my goodness, women, you would have loved the men's service this morning. Oh, man. We, we call it a slapper because in one, one point we're slapping our, our leg and we're laughing as Pastor Morse is talking. The next minute before you know he's slapping us in the face like, Wah! we need more men. Wah! All these boys. Wah! The guy that started Salvation Army said that, you know, his, his greatest men that serve are women. All the ladies are like, Woo! <laughs> But yeah, it calls us out on our role. It calls us out on our responsibility. It calls us out as, as men and women. So back to, back to the, the scripture. Oh yeah, delayed obedience is disobedience. At once, again, say at once. At once, he took what he was given and he did something with it. At once, he's like, ah, I'll get to it tomorrow. He's probably going to be gone for a few months, a few years. I got time to work on it. But don't we do that in life? We waste moments and opportunities that God has given us. Faithful and little before faithful and much. And he's like, man, what are you going to do with that thing that you put on the shelf? <laughs> right? What are you going to do with it? Oh, Lord, I got my phone now. It works way better. Yeah, until you get distracted. <laughs> right? What are you going to, I don't know what that thing is that he's given you, but what are you going to do with what he's given you? At once. Don't hesitate. Don't delay. At once, hey, today's a new day, by the way. Don't look back, look forward, okay? His mercies are made new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Come on. Today's the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Yes! So we're looking forward. You guys are all ready to run out and go invest, so just hold on. So the, the man who had received five bags of gold, he went in once and he put his money to work and he gains five bags more. Way to go. Let's give it up for that man. Yeah. He hears you from heaven right now. So also the one with two bags of gold, two more. Let's give it up for him. 
Okay? Verse 18, but the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his money, his master's money. Say boo. Boo. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about an instant investment. Does your money have a mission? And I know you all say yes, but can you answer what it is for? Does your money have, you know how many businesses don't clearly define their mission? How many churches don't even, hey, what's the mission of your church? We love people and we like helping people. And then you're like 10 minutes into it and you're still trying to figure out the mission, right? I'll help you guys out. Matthew 28, 19, the mission is great. It's called the Great Commission. It's to go in the world and make what? Ah, okay, let's go. Did your money have anything to do with that? All right, you guys are quick learners. So, but what we just read here, the successful model means multiplication. Someone say multiply. Both successful examples went to work at once. Didn't waste any time to start investing. They also doubled what the Lord had given them. Now, this doesn't just apply to finances. This is reproducing and passing on what the Lord is teaching and has taught you to others. It's called discipleship. And doubling isn't the final goal, just so you know. I just doubled. I'm good. Woo, I'm done, Lord. I'm going to retire now. Can't wait to see you when you come. <laughs> right? Okay, we're going to go there. We do this with our time, the most valuable thing we have. One of the things that it hurt my heart, we, uh, my wife and I started in children's ministry um, and family ministry, serving kids, serving families, and it's awesome. It's still the best ministry there is. I, re I remember once I was, I was re uh, recruiting for children's ministry and I was so passionate about it. I want to tell everybody why they should help me out and get involved. Lives are being changed. You see what these kids are doing. They're praying over people and they're getting healed. We're seeing cancer disappear. Come on, we're seeing more salvations happening in kids than in adults. And did you know by age 10, they've established their foundational beliefs? Age 10. And you get them, they're so, they actually believe what you say. They just got this childlike faith and it's so good if you're feeding them good stuff because they're going to grow up in that, in that foundation that, that they can do all things through Christ who gives them strength. Why? Because you told them. Why? Because you showed them. Why? Because they know the word of God and they read it and they own it and they live it out and they've seen it in their life. But then I was going to someone and you know what they said? Oh, you got to come join me on this team. We're changing lives. They said, I served my time. You got a pulse still? <laughs> you served your time? Is this a prison? Like, what is this? Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to them. And unless you have faith like a child and humble yourself like a child, you're not even getting into the kingdom of God. And if, and, and, and if you take them down the wrong path, and cause harm to one of them, better you have a big stone and thrown into the ocean. The king, they're his favorite. Ah, I am, right? <laughs> Messing with your mind. But that's the thing, we're all God's children. 
And we get to be part of the kingdom of God and invest in life change and transformation. And books are being written, songs are being sung. You know, like all those dreams and desires of your heart, God put them in there. Just align them with him first. Serve him. Get in the church. Get serving. You don't got to chase the stuff. Just chase the the, the source and the stuff will chase you. Seek first the kingdom of God, then all things will be added unto you. You know what? Find out what your father's heart is all about. It's about people. And you get at his heart. You do his will. You don't have to worry about your wallet. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is cool. You know, even before Jesus' disciples were called to be fishers of men, they were fishermen. And it's cool that we can read over this story. Oh, it's a great story. You know, they catch all this fish and then they leave everything. But we can look over some of the most practical things that are right in front of us that can have to do with a a, a method, a principle that works and still works today. But Jesus shows up and he steps into their business, which I love how God just likes to get in our business. Hey, Pastor Don. You know, we're doing it our way. We're doing our thing. You call, call us fishermen or whatever. And this carpenter shows up and we're tired, okay? It's the end of the day. We're done. I'm done fishing. I'm going fishing on Tuesday. Uh, Pastor Morris, we better catch something. But, uh, but you know, we, 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 they're, they're fishing all day. They've caught nothing. And they come back and cleaning all, and that's the worst part, cleaning all your nets, putting everything back together. Like It's like taking your tools out all day, Nick, to build that beautiful uh, part of the church, which you just did. Let's give it up for Nick. But then not getting anything done all day, and you're exhausted, and all you want to do is go home. But then Jesus, someone say Jesus. Then Jesus shows up, and he tells me, hey, you know, after he gives a long sermon, and he uses my boat, of all things, <laughs> I wanted to go home, and I got to listen to the message. And then you tell me and the boys to go back out? He says, go back out. I don't want to. <laughs> How many have been in the, I don't want to. Invest in this thing. I don't want to. It's just, we're just like little children, are we not? Go back out. But hey, when you go out, go deeper. But I like it in the shallow end. That's where I've caught the fish before. That's where I've seen results before. Yeah, but if you, if you want what you've always gotten, then just keep doing what you've always done. I'm like, but nobody else is going out. Yeah, go out. Okay, because you say so. But hey, at least he was obedient. You know, you know, there are really times in your life you don't want to do it. But what's more important is God's will. And if he calls you out and he tells you to go deeper, then go deeper. And so he goes deep and, he, and they throw the nets out on the side of the boat. And there's so much fish they can't contain it. And you know what happens in that moment? Simon Peter gets hit so hard because all of a sudden it's like revelation hits him and he realizes who he's dealing with. I mean, if if revelation gets hold of your revenue, oh, you're going to do this. Seriously. And he's like, Lord, I'm not worthy. But he teaches them something. Hey, if you're willing to do it my way instead of your way. If you're willing to trust in me and not the ways of this world and don't conform to the patterns of this world. If you're willing to transform and renew your mind by my words and go my way. I promise you something different than what all the other guys are catching. And they might have caught in the past. They probably caught just enough fish just for themselves. 
and they probably would have been satisfied. Oh, at least my family has enough to eat today. That's not how God intended it. He wanted it to multiply. The fish were always for the people. It's no different. What God has given us, again, finances is just a tool. But all of it was to serve his kingdom and to bless others and meet the needs of others. Because in meeting the needs of others, you're meeting the needs of him. Right? Fish were always for the people. And this, when we, that's the thing, when we give to God and we give to his kingdom, we're not just meeting, we are meeting the physical needs. Clothes, people are getting clothed, people are getting fed, churches are getting planted. Oh man, if you haven't heard from Pastor Don, you know, speaking of which, should honor the people in the front row. We got Pastor Don uh, from Calgary that's probably opened up more missions than anybody else. Pastor Lucinda and Pastor Morris that paved the way so we can be here today. You know, like... We got great sitting in our front row. And sometimes you take for granted what you got right there. And you don't realize like, ah. And the cool thing is when you know when you're, if you're close to me, I get access, you get access. You notice that? About relation, it's no different with, with God's blessings in your life. If you get access, they get access, you get access. If I get access, we get access. Hey, Pastor Rudy, hey, Pastor Steph, we get access. And we think we just put it all spiritual sometimes, just spiritual. No, 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 it's, it's all of it. I'm, I'm telling you, there was a conviction moment at the conference when Dr. Hazel talked about, uh, I think it was with uh, Pastor Craig Broker, and there was a spiritual gift passed on to Pastor Craig. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, people are getting healed and all this stuff's happening. And he's like, wow, look what I was doing. And God hit him hard because he tried. Then after Pastor Hazel had done that and he tried to do his own thing, it wasn't happening. And the Lord says, it wasn't you. <laughs> It was my anointing that was on Dr. Hazel that passed to you. But the moment you left her and tried to do your own thing, you're like, oh, right? But the same thing, we get, we get wise in our own eyes, don't we? Even with finances, like, oh, you're like a teenager all of a sudden. You're like, I got this. I got this. I know how to go work at Tim Hortons. I know how to make money. I know how to pay the bills. And you got someone 15 years ahead of you has multiple buildings, multiple missions, multiple, you know, like, it's like, I'm good here. Okay, you put a lid on that. You're happy with your few fish? Feeding yourself? You're going to get sick of fish after a while, by the way. Maybe you might want to go on to bigger and better things, but other things, not necessarily better things. But the fish are always for the people. And I will teach you, Jesus said. Walk with me. Work with me. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Watch how I do it. Right? Matthew eleven twenty eight or twenty eight eleven. Look it up for yourself. Of the message version. Okay, so not only do we get to be blessed when we follow it, do it God's way instead of our own way. So blessed that we can't contain it. Others get to be blessed. Our money was always meant to grow the mission. You should write that down. That's a takeaway right there. My money was meant to grow the mission. Comes back to knowing the purpose of it. And, and the thing is, if we have a poverty mentality, that's not a God mentality. God does not have a poverty mentality. But if we have a poverty mentality, we'll have a, pro, a poverty outcome. Right? I, I've met people that even have a lot of stuff or they think they do, the stuff has them. And it doesn't matter how much they have, it's never good enough. And they still think that they're poor because they're always getting caught in the comparison trap and they're sacrificing the things of real value, like relationship, 
to go after this other stuff. Bring it up a bit, James. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Shred a little bit. Okay. But so here's the thing. If we strive to increase, it should be so that we can increase others. Someone say amen. Okay, good. We will always have more than enough if we're doing it for God's kingdom. And don't just fool yourself and say, I'm doing it for God, I'm doing it for God. No, no. Do it for God's kingdom. Do it God's way. Invest in his church. Invest in your church, by the way. Invest in his people. Invest in church planning. Invest in missions. Come on. Invest where you see fruit in your money. And then you know that it's not going to just be storing up treasures on earth where it's just going to rust and fade away. But you're storing up treasures in heaven. And every, anyone who gives up house and home or family for my sake will receive a hundredfold. That's good on your investment, by the way. hundred times return on your investment for my sake, right? For his sake. So again, if we see past the, the gold in our hands and we see the purpose of serving God in our hearts, woo, we won't see money as a problem. One of the first things my wife will tell you, when you learn to tithe, and somebody else will get more into that, but it's 10%, giving God your best, not giving him your scraps. <laughs> you learn that it's God's math, not your math. That's another one, by the way. Best stock there ever is. Honestly, I've been investing that stock for a long time. It's only gone up and up and up and up and up, okay? Oh, and now everybody knows. There's my secret. It's out there, but it was here all the time. But she says, the first thing you'll get is peace. How many of you some more peace over your finances? Because you're not worried about it anymore. You, he's proven himself. You're just like, ah, this is the release. And then he proves himself again. Test me on this and see that I don't open the floodgates of heaven. But some of us have been doing it wrong. <laughs> don't turn to your neighbor and say you've been doing it wrong. Okay? Don't do that. Don't do that thing. God promises to bless the cheerful giver. Ah. God has the right heart. He's after your heart. Didn't I tell you he's after your heart? Yeah. And the thing, with, the thing with God is everything in the world is his. Okay? And all who live in it. Read Psalm 24 verse 1. He owns all the cattle on the thousand hills. Psalm 50 verse 10. Which is perfect, by the way, especially with the cost of beef right now. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice in Matthew 25, the scripture says the man that received 20 years of wages just digs a hole, puts it in the ground, and it hides his master's money. Did you catch that part? Because we all said boo. Remember what you said boo too? Yeah. When you save your finances and choose not to invest, hear me out, it actually loses its value by itself, okay? By itself, not in a bank, not in any kind of investment, money does not multiply. It's actually worth less. Have you noticed that? Yeah, if it just sits there and you got a little safe at home, not to say that's not a bad thing either, but if you put, if, you, if that's your form of investment, it's not actually multiplying. If, if it doesn't have a way to collect interest on your deposit, no one, and here's the thing, no one's gonna even gain interest in your talent if all you do is bury it in the sand in the dark. Right? I'm speaking to all levels here. Verse 19, it said, after a long time. Someone say a long time. It's the part I struggle with. Patience. I mean, I don't struggle with it. I got, I got the fruit of the Spirit. It's, 
that's here. The flesh, the old man, the dead man that Pastor Morris talked about. That one that, you know, that I, I, I buried a long time ago when I went in the tank. And I, you know, I was baptized. I buried that dead man there. And some of us are trying to carry a corpse. <laughs> You're dead, okay? <laughs> Patience. Comes from one of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, Dr. Hazel talks about the meantime. Anyone catch that? Oh, that was good. In the meantime. And why she calls it that? Because sometimes it, 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 time can be mean. Right? In the meantime, in the, in the in-between. It could be, oh, I'm so mean right now. I'm not getting what I want right now. I'm not seeing a return on my investment. I had this dream, and I know God has put this thing in my heart. It's a mean time. Thanks for laughing, Celeste. <laughs> and so, in the meantime... Are you patiently pursuing his purposes for your life? Or will you just wait for the Lord? Or will you wait upon the Lord? When God comes back, are you going to be found sleeping or serving? Ooh, that's good, right? <laughs> that's good. Someone say it's good. So the master, God comes back. The master of those servants... returns and he settles accounts with them it says in verse 19 the man who had received the five bags of gold he brought it he brought the other five his master he said you entrusted me someone say entrusted you entrusted me with five bags of gold see i have five more Woo-hoo! verse 21 his master replied well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things i will th- this is funny though to me now that we know the context of it, it wasn't a, just a few things, but to God, that's very little. But to us, it was so much, right? We just, we just figured it out 20 years wages times five. That's a lot. That's a lot of lifetimes of money. And yet in God's eyes, that was little. Whoa. But we're like, oh, it's just so much. It ain't nothing. I told you he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, Right. Why are you so small-minded in comparison to the God that we serve? But he says, hey, either way, you were faithful uh, with, a, with, a little, with a few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. You know, he had several million dollars to invest. I go, oh, I got several billion for you now, Pastor Don. Here it comes, right? Come, and here's the part, share your master's happiness. What, God, you let me in on that? On the millions and billions and all of that. Yeah, come share in this. Come share. Remember, it's just stuff. I got, I own all this stuff. But come and share my happiness because why we're doing it and who it's about and all the people's lives that are being changed, not just in the valley, but around the world. Don't you feel happy when you get to bless others, change lives, affect eternity? Woo! I am. Third point. A reward based on your return. Okay? I like how the servant said, you entrusted me. The, the Lord has entrusted us with money for his mission. And I guess the hard thing. There was a woman that had like very little, like two pence. And she was giving when it came to time to giving. We might get into this. Maybe Pastor Shireen will share about it. In the Bible. And then guys with more money just dropping in, you know, big bang. Like, oh, that ain't nothing. Big bills. Boom. You know, putting it down. She comes in with her two pennies. And then Jesus stops to make a point. She gave more than all the rest of them. What are you talking about? They had that. That was nothing. 
she gave everything she had to give. Come on. Come on. Sometimes we're, we don't see the bigger picture, but God sees. That was a stretch for, that wasn't a stretch for him. That's nothing. There's people that can drop thousands, millions, like nothing. And they do, and God bless them for it. But then there's, there's some of us that are like, man, $100 would be a lot. $10 would be a lot. A dollar might be a lot. Well, God bless you because he's after your heart and little is much when God is in it. Don't think you can impress him with your millions. <laughs> right? Lord has trusted us with monies for his mission. And he expects to see a return on his investment in us. And we're all called to properly steward what he has given us and not just to save for ourselves. Many of us have been saved by Christ and, and, and now it's time to immediately go to work sharing that message the message of salvation and making disciples. And guess what? This requires making deposits. It requires going a little bit deeper. Especially if we want to in, in, see a return on our investment and see it double for God's kingdom. And all, I think all of us want to hear that. Hey, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Shauna, well done, by the way. Well done. Seriously, well done. And really, we want to hear well done when it comes to how we handled what he gave us. How we handled his and his finance. It's his. It's all his. Everything's his. And this parable specifically is speaking about money, but money puts value on what things are worth, does it not? And what is the cost of ministry? What's the cost of, of feeding the hungry, reaching the lost? Maybe we need to look past the what we can save and instead look where we can invest. Come on. Come on. I mean, if you look, if you start leading with vision instead of finances and worried about, oh, I got to save for this, I got to save for that. Why don't you just look at what is he giving you and where could you invest in his kingdom? Right? When Paul reaches out to the church in Macedonia, which you learned about in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 3. He said, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Someone say beyond. Entirely on their own, it says, verse 4. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege. Oh, oh, they pleaded for a privilege. Lord, give me an opportunity to give what I have to give and beyond what I have. Give me an opportunity, Lord, to make a difference in other people's lives. Verse 4 says that they, ur they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in his service to the Lord's people. Oh, we need more people with hearts like that. We want hearts like that. Lord, help me give past the stuff and on to you. I want to see that. I want to see you in this, Lord. Give me an opportunity that will stretch me, that will grow me, that I can see results. I'm tired of what this world has to give and what it offers. No one wants more debt. Well, you'll feel comfortable. Come over here. I'll make it easy for you to get that thing. And then you're a slave to it. Right? Before you know, like, what happened? I'm not happy anymore. 
<laughs> One of my friends, we used to joke around together and say, well, once I get that thing, man, I'll be happy. And we both laughed because we know that's not happiness. <laughs> so, you're happy until you realize you're like, you're rolling down the road. You're like, woo! You're happy for like the first 24 hours and then it's just a truck. And then the bill comes in the mail like, oh, I'm not happy anymore. I want to bring it back. Oh, sure. Come on, bring it back. It was going to cost you a lot more. Oh, <laughs> oh God is good. Okay. We get to share in God's happiness. Verse 25, we'll get to this. So I was afraid and I went out and I, and I, and I, and I hid your gold, he said. I hid your gold in the ground. See, see dears, it, it, what belongs to you? I'm giving back, Lord, what belongs to you? What you gave me, here you go. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. A million dollars. You put it in the dirt. <laughs> you lived in the dirt. You should have at least put it in the bank where it could have got some interest. I was gone a long time. In the meantime, I know life's mean. I know life's going to throw stuff at you. But maybe it's not happening at you. It's happening for you. It's how you perceive it. It's what you do with it. Right? And he says, well, then I should have I sh I, I sh put it on deposit, he said, with the bankers. So that when I returned, I would, I would receive it back with interest. But he didn't do that. He buried God's vision. Oh, this hit me hard. He buried God's, that's the master, that's the servant. Your business is part of the vision. Your family is part of the vision. This church is part of the vision. I don't want God to come back and be like, hey, what'd you do with it? I buried it. I just locked the doors, I closed the doors. Building looks the same. Same amount of people you gave me from the beginning. I'm just using that as an example. What did you do with what I gave you? Did you pass it on? It was never yours in the first place. What'd you do with it? What'd you do with it? And then, uh, did you get, oh, I got a funny picture for you, okay? Buried it. Call this the ostrich effect, okay? I don't want to deal with it. God's giving you a head. I don't want to use it. <laughs> if I step out, I might get hurt. <laughs> right? You know that financial investors actually call this the, the, the ostrich effect. Have you looked it up? It's crazy. Were you ever, have you ever avoided information that you didn't want to know, but you knew it was important, <laughs> right? Maybe it was money you owed. Like, oh, I don't want to look at that. <laughs> I don't check my mail anymore. I do, by the way, right? Okay. But maybe it's money you owe, or maybe it was feedback that would have been beneficial for you to hear. You know, man, if you just, you know, faith can't fix what you're not willing to face, right? But we may try to avoid the possible negative emotional impact that it may bring, right? So we try to avoid that thing. Even if, if it's imperative that we know this thing, like it's helpful. And ignoring it causes an even greater issue for the future. Woo! We're learning today. We're learning, right? So when it comes to financial investors, they did this study and, they, and it showed that the, those in the financial markets, when they're doing well, guess what? They're looking at their portfolio a lot. Oh yeah, Whoa, look at it go, look at it go, oh, look at it go, look at it go. Instagram, come on, check it out, 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 check it out. Yes, 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 but when it's not doing well, oh, I don't wanna look at that. I don't even wanna look, no, no, I'll check it in a month. I'll check it in a month, Lord. But they actually look at it less when it's not doing well, huh? 
And that's why we say here in leadership, you can't manage what you don't measure. Right? You got to know, you got you to know the pulse of that thing. You got to know how you're doing. And sometimes that's just the starting point. But where are you really at? Like we know where God wants us to be, but can we be honest with ourselves? Where are we at? Like, can you open up the bank account and be like, that much McDonald's? <laughs> <It's> probably... <laughs> that wasn't for you, Pastor Eddie. We do it for the kids. It's all about the kids, remember? Let them come to me and have happy meals, sharing my happiness. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord. Oh. That's why it's good to, to, to have a pulse on, on not just the promises of God, not just the potentials of God, but also the problems that we get to face, right? That's, that's, that's when we're learning to trust. That's when we're learning to apply God's word. If it was easy, what would we need God for? Right? Just, just, just face it with him. Face it with faith. Face it with God's word, right? But when you avoid the problem, your anticipation of that uh, emotional stress it outweighs rationality. It does, does it not? So when we don't monitor the facts, our emotional distress, distress outweighs the reality. We need to acknowledge what God's word says about money instead of just worrying about it and burying our heads in the sand. That's why the man buried the blessing. Well, here's the thing. Why did he bury the blessing? According to scripture, it says what? He was afraid. He was afraid. If, if that man truly believed that his master loved him, then he would have had God's love, which is perfect love, which drives out all fear. So that's what was missing was the relationship. It doesn't matter how much God loves him, how much God believes in him. You got to believe in it for yourself. You got to let him in. Well, maybe I, I don't really trust myself right now, but do you trust him? Because he didn't make junk. And if he give you, gave you something, it's because he believes you can do something with it for his kingdom. Believe in him, even if you don't believe in yourself. And the more you believe in him, the more you'll believe in what he believes in you. There you go. Anything else is going to take you off the path. And again, the reminder is God blesses the cheerful giver. He's after your heart. You know, there's, I just want to say this. Do you know there's people that actually put the principle of, of, of the tithe, the 10% into practice and are seeing results that don't believe in God? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've, I've been to the financial seminars. I've been invited to all kinds of stuff. Trust me, I've seen it all. Well, I haven't seen it all, but I feel like I've seen it all. And then they'll say this. This is what you got to do. You put 10% out generously, okay? You help people out. 10%. First thing you do, you give it out. You put it out in the universe, <laughs> And then some reason the universe just gives it back to you. No, they're literally teaching on this. And people are doing it, right? And they're seeing results. Why? Because Proverbs eleven twenty four says the life of the generous gets larger and larger. Like this thing gets smaller and smaller. There's people that aren't even believers that are doing it. And Because why? It's a godly principle. What? You think that evil people can have more money than godly people? Absolutely they can. But remember the return on your investment, that the master's going to come back, the owner of everything, and if they're not investing in the right thing, we're all going to pay a price. Right? 
that they're missing. You might be missing the mark, but they're still doing the principle because it's a godly principle and they're seeing the results on it. If, if you don't think that's true, then why, why, why does the mafia sometimes have more money than the missionary? And I'm not putting the missionary in the box, but that rain falls on everybody. Right? I'm telling you, don't just think, oh, I'm a Christian now. I got Jesus in me. Everything's going to be great in my life. And, and, and no, you got to apply the principles. Faith without works is dead. And we can't just be hearers of the word. We must be doers of the word. And he's asking you, will you partner with him in his kingdom? Because he's got greater to give you than what you got to give. Trust me. Let's go. Come on. Let's just go right to the end. Let's get you to stand. This is why we don't, we don't bury God's vision in the sand. This is why we don't, we don't bury the talents he's given us in the sand. My takeaway for you here is this. Have more than an ostracized vision. Ostrich-sized vision. Come on, I did that. So hopefully you'll share it. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. I, I, I'm, I want you to know God loves you no matter what. Whether you give or you don't give, God loves you. You know, that doesn't change. It's not going to affect your salvation. Um, but maybe you've been struggling with giving because you have a hard time receiving. It's really hard to truly love someone if you don't haven't received true love. And so the best gift, what it all comes down to, is relationships. It's not about riches. It's about a relationship with Jesus. This is the richest thing you could have to be a part of his family, grafted into his family, adopted into his family. I'm telling you, in the end, stuff is stuff. Stuff is stuff. It's about salvation. Romans 10 verse 9, Paul says, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth, there's no financial cost to that. The greatest cost was paid when God gave his one and only son, man, for us, for all the messed up things we've done and will do, for the wages of sin is death. But it says, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He came so that we could live life and have it more abundantly. And he wants a relationship with you, just like the kids want a relationship with dad. That's, he wants, that's what he wants you. And if you just let him in today, if you just let go and let God in, Paul says, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. I, I need saving for myself. It's not about what, how much I can save in the bank. And no matter, I can't take a hearse with me. I mean, a hearse with the, will you all thank you with me? Naked you come, naked you go. But I want to know. Don't you want to know? I want to know that I'm going to be with Jesus one day. I want to use the most out of the time that I've been given with what I've been given in this lifetime and do it with joy in my heart. So one day I can stand before Jesus and hear, wow, some of us would just love to hear that from our earthly father. Imagine hearing that from your heavenly father. Well done. You will. You'll hear it. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.